Hello and welcome to the Hard Talk Podcast. Are you an addict, abuse victim, broken-hearted, or you just want to find your purpose in God? Well, this is for you. Tell me your story. Show me your Join us each week as we share insightful biblical teaching, personal experiences, and interviews with people who have been there to encourage you on your path to healing. We promise you won't remain the same. And now, here's your host, Gloria. A very warm welcome to you who is listening in to our Hard Talk podcast. I want to take this moment to, first of all, thank you so, so much for following us on, uh, and listening to every podcast that we put out. I mean, words fail me. I, I don't even know how much to express the fact that you take the time to listen and also take the time to give the feedback. It encourages us to go on because we know that surely God is doing great things and he's touching lives. And oh my God, I'm just very happy and very glad that I have you here. Now, like I promised at the end of our podcast, we are doing a series on faith through the storm. And uh, in this, what we are doing is we are having people, fellow Christians, that have actually been through the heat of the battle, people that have been through the worst, people that have the right, in quotes, to quit on God, to quit on faith, but they have not done it. And, you know, as we talk to them, they give us the hope that actually things are possible. We can really have this faith. And um, today is not an exception. I have another beautiful testimony. And um, from one of the people that, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I will let them introduce themselves. <laughs> You're very much welcome, Nyavo. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Okay, I'm very glad to have you. May we know your name and, yeah, details that you would want us to know about you. My name is Jassi Kavanihiza Ebuanyu. Um, I'm married to Job Ebuanyu. We've been married for four years, coming to five years next year, Feb. Um, when you ask me about myself, I now start to think, where do I start from without saying the age? Yeah, so... <laughs> Born and raised in Kampala, um, mm. very passionate about so many things. Yes. Uh, I love customer experience. I mm. love training. I love technology. Mm. I love people. Wow. I love people. I love growing people. I love grooming people. Basically, my life is just amazing. Yes. Amen. Wow, wow. I, I just like, you can leave out the age. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I just celebrated my birthday recently, and no, I, I, I'm not counting the years now. I mean, no. we bless the Lord for the years, but we don't count forever. <laughs> anyway, okay, so just tell us about your, um, how you grew up. How, what was your life like? So I was raised by a single father. Okay. So from the time I got to understand, I only had a father with me. And my father was very, was a, is a, he is a very, like he's a disciplinarian. Okay. And it's, for in our house, it was, it was black or white. We didn't have gray. So mm -hmm. you were either doing the right thing or the wrong thing. There was no middle place. Mm -hmm. And I grew up 
he was very loving the african way he mm. paid school fees mm. he my dad was was really expressive with his love but never he never said it he never spoke but he acted yeah. it out so he 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 bought us stuff i mean for a child who was born in the 90s like in our 90s mm. we we were really comfortable we had my dad would take us to the hospital buy us ice cream so that we don't cry buy yeah. us chocolate mm. where the kids would go to school and we had we had an apple in the bag we had milk <laughs> we had bread we had my friend my wow. father went all out and he used to work at a hotel so in terms of feeding in terms of how he looked at things he had a very different perspective to life mm. but he also we just were just the two of us two children mm. so it was my father two children probably someone to help us around the house mm. and just a few relatives once in a while but life was that's what we knew life as okay. and growing up with my sister still was very competitive still mm. Mm. we went to almost okay. the same schools primary we went to a christian school joy primary school mm. then later she went to another school and went to a different school but throughout school we we always competed we mm. always cuz i mean we just the two of us but also we had a few other relatives so whenever you'd come back home with a mm. report you know you'd compare so when i was in s1 first term what was mm. my report like mm. and then for you is s1 right now what is your report like and the pressure to to be exceptional for us yeah. started at an at an early age yeah. and in there i also got to know christ very early because i went to a christian primary school mm. which basically meant for us uh assembly meant praise and worship meant okay. prayer meant okay. a sermon mm. and that's how we grew up um mm. later in life at about in about Actually the other funny thing is we grew up in the center of town like for as far back as I can remember mm. we grew up in we said I remember the home where I remember very clearly was Rubaga Road mm. then we left Rubaga Road to Nakasero Market next to that temple that's at the bottom of the market yes I know it we just used to stay right there on the at the flats then mm. when we moved from there we went to opposite opposite Fidodido right next to Watoto Church opposite mm, Watoto Church is like now. sisters bridals now yes we used mm. to stay upstairs so for us church meant we were just crossing the road and Joy Primary School was at Chisozi Chisozi house oh, yes, opposite, yes. opposite next to Chisozi so everything around our lives was just in the city center so going mm. to church we just crossed the road go to church mm. go back home and we watched all the heavens gates and hills flames mm. and i think for me when i made the decision to get saved was in p7 vac mm. i got i came to know christ yes i was in a primary school but i knew of christ but i didn't know christ okay if i could um come in there you know people think that when you give your life to christ it's because probably you have problems your life was hard you've just told us you're the you're the, the kid who used to have the apple in the bag you know your childhood is actually very <laughs> amazing the blue band on the bread you know things like that so what moves you to accept christ you know when you had the good life in quotes um first of all I honestly do not like okay yes you when you when you hear about Christ like mm-hmm. the way I heard about Christ 
and all these things, heavens get held, flames and what, then for me it was more of an insurance policy, like I don't want to go to hell, so yeah. I'm going to get to know Christ. Mm. It wasn't from a place of we had so many problems in our family. No, we didn't. Mm. We, I mean, Sheraton Hotel was our playground. We used, we never used to have space to play at the flat, so we used to walk to Sheraton because that's where my dad was working. Yeah. So we used to play things like Gogolo. I did my Gogolo at <laughs> Sheraton. <laughs> when I look at it now, I think my God was too bougie for life. But yes, it was more of an insurance policy back then. Mm. If you don't know Christ, you're going to heal. So I, mm. that's how I got to get saved. Okay. But later, like I said, my P7, I got saved. However, my S1 adolescence kicked in. Mm. I wasn't crazy. I, because honestly speaking, I never saw my dad drink alcohol. I never saw him do drugs or any random thing. He never used to bring women in our house. Mm. So for me, I had no excuse to do all those things. Yeah. So my life wasn't the crazy kind. I was crazy, talkative, playful, but not jump the fence or mm. skip school. No. So later in school, about, I think, Essex Vac. Yeah is now when I got to know Christ. Like, not just for insurance policy. Mm -hmm. Like, my relationship with God is beyond, went beyond skipping hell. Okay. It became now an actual journey. Mm -hmm. An actual, you know, let's walk. Yes, an, an actual relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And then I, we actually, now we really had problems. Now things were haywire, but... Mm -hmm. This is a time now, everything was now falling apart mm. and I just needed God in my life at that particular time. Did you, you said from the time you grew up you didn't see your mother, has it crossed your, crossed your mind about where mm. your mother could be or did you ask? Or? So my mother and my father split, I don't know before, whether as, as born, after I was born, mm. Like, I don't know at what point, but they, I know they split. Mm. I got to meet my mom. However, she passed away in S, S3 first term. Okay. So we didn't really have a relationship. I can't, mm. I honestly can't say we had a relationship. Mm. I can count the number of times we spoke, but also back then, somehow kids got involved in their parents' issues. Like mm. when dad is not talking to mommy, there you is no way talk. you're going to talk to your mommy. Yeah, yeah. So... Also because my dad had really, really protected us so much mm. from so many things. It's recently actually I thought about it and I realized I never ever buried anyone until I was at campus. Oh, okay. We never ever stepped at burial grounds. Never. Okay. Like that's how much protected we were. Mm. So even for family, yes, we have relatives, we talk to them, we have friends and everything. Mm. But for my, my mom's side of the family, it was until later, really, really later on at campus that now, you know, there's a bit of independence. So you try and seek out certain people. Uh, I got to know later that I had like two siblings on my mom's side. Mm. And we are now friends, we talk, but still the relationship is not as close as it as it would have been, mm. though yes, it's there. So when your mom passed away, did you bury or no? Unfortunately, we didn't get to know about her death and her sickness until after she had died. So we didn't bury her, but we went to see where they had buried her about like two, three weeks later. 
we got to see, we went to visit our grandfather. We just went to pay our respects, but we were not... She she communicated through mm. a letter, definitely, mm. because the mm. phones were not yet there back then. Yeah, yeah. So she communicated through a letter, but by the time the letter got to us, she had already passed away, and we just went to see where she had been buried. Okay, that's that's quite sad, you know, just thinking about it, it's, it's very sad. Yes, please go on. <laughs> you said things were falling apart, you know. So yes, things were falling apart. <clears throat> My family was having a bit of issues, and... I honestly felt like this, okay, now God, me and you, mm. this is the time we're going to like going to work on this. And also I remember I had joined a, a fellowship mm. at Watoto Church. Okay. It was during my Essex VAP that I joined this fellowship. But you know, I'd still, because I was always around church, I always mm. knew what was happening. Mm. But this is a time I made a deliberate move to just join the fellowship. Okay. So when I joined the fellowship, I got so many friends and you know, as your friends keep asking you, like, what are you reading? What What is the Lord saying? You actually had nothing to say. And now is when I said, actually, make, like, deliberate moves to, you know, make this relationship work. Like, mm. what do I need to do? What am I actually reading? And I remember we used to, we used to have something called a hot seat with mm. uh, Ronnie Havasa. Mm. And Ronnie would ask us questions and you'd keep thinking, eh. Why don't I read my Bible? These things are actually in the Bible mm. every day, the same Bible that I'm reading. Mm. And I started getting into the Bible reading and just getting into the culture of understanding what's happening. Mm. So then I joined campus. I was at MOOBS for three years. Mm. And during my entire time at, at MOOBS, I was volunteering in the youth office at Watoto, office, at Watoto Church. Mm. And I also led a couple of cells in the church. Mm. Um... Until when I finished, I graduated in 2012, 10. <laughs> yeah, let us just say it is far away. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, so when I graduated, yes. one of the things I told God is I don't want to work immediately after school. Hmm. I need some time to, you guys, school was hard. Yeah. I need some time to first breathe and understand what I was going to do. Mm. So I told God, we finished, I think, in May. I told God I want to work in October. Okay. And truth be told, I've never been one to throw CVs around so many mm. places. Mm. Yes, I did, but I don't even remember where, and it was out of pressure, mm. but it wasn't because I wanted to work, because I'd already made that, that deal with God. Mm. Before I even started working, I told God, I don't want to work too fast. I also don't want to... I don't want to stay home too long. No, no, no. Like I didn't want to. I wanted people to call me for jobs because I knew I had the skills. Wow. I knew I was good at what I like. If I get my mind to something, I will execute excellently. Mm. So I told God, I don't want to be these people who beg for jobs. Mm. I'm, this is not my portion. Mm. So indeed, I actually got called for a job at uh, Orange then. Mm. Mm. And in October 10th, 10th October, I started working at Afris, at Orange then. At Orange at that time. At that time. Mm. And I remember working in the call center for about six months and mm. I was promoted. Wow. Exactly six months later, I was promoted. And before the six months ended, I, I had done a couple of things around the office. I had made changes. I had I'd been requested to come on a couple of jobs and a couple of things that we were doing. Mm. That was awesome. Mm. So I worked at Orange and in there I got to meet my husband now. 
he was one of the people that trained me when I was joining mm. and then a few months later he was shifted to a different department, department. so okay. we sat we started dating then we dated for about three years mm. the same day we were making three years is when we actually got married wow. so it was it's been a really no I can't say smooth journey but mm. Honestly, God has been very faithful. Mm. I cannot complain. I cannot complain. When it comes to work, career, mm. God has been awesome. Amen. Very, very you awesome. know, you know, as you share about, you know, the kind of confidence that you had, that you're look, you're waiting for someone to call you because you have the skill. I am trying to connect it back to the kind of father that you had. You know, because I think uh, there's a day I was listening to still a radio station and they were talking, some guy, had, it was one of the notorious thieves around town. And, you know, they asked him what took him to the streets and to become a thief and all that. And he said, because every time my father spoke to me, he would tell me I am I'm nothing. You know, I am, I am a spoiled child. I'm everything. So would you accord the confidence you had to your father or was it... How, what was it like with him since, you know, it's, it's rare to find a, a lady raised by a single father? The confidence I have, yes, partially comes from my father and my family mm. because they are very bold people. Very, very bold people. We sit in family meetings and be sure if you are fake, someone is going to point it out. Mm. But also, I think the situation that I've been through in life and my relationship with God, mm. I knew that he is a God. Like when I ask, he's going to, he's going to actually do what I've asked for. Like, mm. I'm not God, yes, mm. but in my position as his child, mm. I can ask. Mm. I can ask and he tells me to ask and when I ask I know that I'm going to get what I'm, I've asked for. I made that prayer in my in my after campus and mm. truth be told till this day even my current job mm. I was headhunted. Wow. I was headhunted. I've been headhunted a number of times. Sometimes mm. I have to turn down the offers because I feel they may not be aligned to what I want to do in that particular season. Mm. And many times as Christians we need to learn that you actually have value. Mm. You actually have value. Mm. And as long as you're working with biblical principles of, I'm going to be excellent because my father is excellent. Mm. I'm not going to give room to, to not, not being with integrity. How? Mm. You're a Christian. Integrity is like our key thing. Mm. How, how are you going to let it go? Mm. Things like, um, I know why I'm there. Mm. You give me a job, I'm going to do that job. But I also know that my father in heaven has a purpose for me to be there. Mm. And my whole entire time in a workplace, I'll keep asking God, so what are we doing? Mm. So yes, I'm going to come, I'm going to pick calls, but I know there's someone you want me to reach out to. I know there's something you want me to learn. Mm. I know there's something you'd like me to change. Mm. And this is, I'm going to be a pace setter. I'm not going mm. to walk into a room and find everybody's lazy, sluggish in the way they do their things. And I do the same thing because mm. I'm Christian. Mm. That's not who I am. My father expects me to be the change in the place. I'm going wow. to be the salt. So that means I'm going to have to stand out. Mm -hmm. So all that in my mind, mm -hmm. till this day, I find it, I, I want someone to walk in a place, a workplace and say, that person is Christian. And because they are Christian, mm -hmm. they have made the following changes. Oh, wow. They have done this, that, and the other. Mm. And not the other way around. Many times you hear people say fishy things about Christians. Yeah, That's true. not who I am. Mm. 
that's not who I am because I have the identity of Christ. Mm. So the identity of Christ, what is it? He's excellent. Mm. So I'm going to be excellent. Mm. I'm going to, like there are certain things I'm going to be faithful. Mm. I'm not going to cheat anybody. Mm. I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going mm. to be truthful because, I mean, I'm, I'm his ambassador at this workplace. So all that together with now the boldness that I had learned. I've been beaten a couple of times, very many times, but I've learned to pick myself up yeah. and move on because mm. God has a bigger purpose and it's mm. not about me. So I met my husband many years ago. Mm. So three years later we get married and it was an awesome wedding. Mm. We loved each other, like everything in the movies really. You should see Jessie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I've not seen her first light up. Okay. Yeah. First of all, my husband is an awesome. He's an awesome man. Very, very awesome. Mm. Um, so we get married. He has he has an awesome family. Mm. You people, mm. you people, like everybody needs in laws like mine mm. because they've loved on me. They have cared for me. They have they've checked on me. They. Mm. You guys, I don't know. A week cannot go by without my in-laws checking on me. Wow. And they will call, they will text, they will WhatsApp, how are mm. you, how is everything going? And that just shows you the kind of man that I married because yeah. these are people that brought him up. Mm. So, yeah, we got married in 2015. Mm. And we... we We've had we've had like any other normal marriage ups and downs ups yeah, and downs, yeah, yeah. but altogether I think our marriage is awesome. Mm. I think we we can actually pass for role models. I think <laughs> I think but that's okay. what people say. But anyway, yeah, he's uh, we've been married for four years, like I said, going mm. to five. Mm. First year of marriage was re- literally bliss. Like we we had we had an awesome time. First of all, we spent one month. In honeymoon, a full month, please. Okay. Yeah. So after the one month, we had planned that after one month, we—I mean, after one year of mm. of just being the two of us, we have children, mm. and that meant we were going to work hard towards that. We were praying around that. We we sort of prepared our minds mentally. What is going to happen? What does this mean for us? Mm. So after. Definitely when you come back, it's an African, I don't know if it's an African culture or if it's culture generally, mm. but every time, every time someone would come back from honeymoon, people yes. start pressing your stomach, asking you whether you're craving when, things. Mm. When you even doze a bit, they're thinking, hey, so you're pregnant. Yeah. So that's what we definitely came back to. And for me, it was really annoying because I felt like this is my privacy. This is my mm. thing. If I mm. decide to have children after 10 years, it should be my decision Mm -hmm. so we got married we came back from honeymoon and it definitely the question started coming Mm -hmm. people offering support to help us get medicine to help us get children and honestly speaking at that time you were not not ready Mm -hmm. so after the one year uh so now we actually start trying to have children so one year down the road, two years down the road, three years, four years. Still today, we are still trying to have those children. But the first three years, first two, three years mm. was 
very very trying because you're trying to have children people are asking questions relatives are asking what is going on mm -hmm. neighbors boda boda man workmates friends og ob i saw your wedding on facebook where is the child how many children do you have every single person is asking the same thing mm -hmm. and even me myself i'm asking god mm -hmm. what's happening so because biology says when man and woman get together surely there should be conception and it's not happening on your side and it's not happening so okay um just i'm going to request that we end it here for the sake of time but uh surely in the next part you're going to give us the detail of uh, this this kind of storm of people asking where children are uh, okay let us pray father in the name of jesus we want to thank you for for the testimony that Jesse carries. We want to thank you for the kind of woman that you're making in her. Thank you for her childhood. Thank you for the fact that you gave her a wonderful father and a wonderful family, wonderful in-laws, wonderful husband. Surely the things that only you can do in the lives of men. We want to thank you for even the person that is listening to her story right now. We pray that even as they listen, they are more encouraged to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. A special thanks to our first-time listeners. We hope you liked it. If you'd like to speak to any of us, please contact her talk on 0703-014086 or email us on info at finepulse.org. You can also visit our Facebook page at Fine Pulse Church. We can't wait to hear from you. Remember, God loves you. You are not alone. Until next time, goodbye.